0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. All right, so we have town talks this morning. It's the last installment of our town talk series. Um, so, just for review, who did we have for the first time? Anybody? Yeah, Bill Pelletier with Rise Again Outreach, and he shared with us some of the things that they're doing um, in the community with uh, some of the lower-income folks or the homeless folks um, that that we can reach out to. And he gave great opportunity for us as individuals to uh, connect and to be able to serve. And then last week, the mayor, Mayor Boulay, and what was his one message to us? To be able to participate in the lives of others. And what a great message. And even as he was telling that story, uh, if you weren't here, he told a story at the very end how he just had a conversation with a lady and the lady happened to be contemplating suicide that that very day. And his conversation uh, changed her day and changed her life. And we can all do that by participating, by just noticing others and, and being present with others as we go about doing what we do. And today... We're going to continue on. Uh, We have a very special guest with us. Um, His name is John Hutchinson. Um, John is uh, a director at Accentria, which formerly was known as Lutheran Social Services. That's probably what you're more familiar with, uh, the name. He deals a lot with uh, the refugees in our community and those who are new Americans coming here. Um, If you have been around Concord for a while and if you're a burrito lover like me... You might recognize John because he, he managed a, uh, one of the, the burrito stores here in town uh, for a couple of years, and it was the best burrito in town. The be- I, I think I had one or two of them, <laughs> and uh, it was really good. And one of the things that I noticed, um, even when John was, was managing the store there, uh, the burrito shop, is his workforce was very diverse, and it was, uh, it was great to see how he could bring them together. To work together in unity and uh, to make some really fantastic burritos, but also just to, uh, to give them a chance to work hard and to be a part of, of the community, a hardworking part of the community. So, John, come on up. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> Have a seat. Thank you, sir. Thanks for being here. Oh. We uh, kind of got together. Great to be here. Yeah. Am I on? Yeah, you're good. Pastor Kevin, I think, was saw John passing on the road They rolled the window down and he said Yeah, it was it was not safe driving.
1: We were <laughs> we we're on Lotton Road, which is dangerous enough, but when you're trying to pass business cards back and forth yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend that.
0: And so we finally connected this week and Yes, yes. Then um, <laughs> finally got the confirmation this morning at about eight thirty. No, about seven thirty. I was coming. I just didn't want you to be nervous. I knew he was coming, because I knew he was a man of his word. Well, All right, so we're going to get started. And, and like I said, John, um, is. Uh, what is your official title?
1: Well, I'm an Education and Employment Specialist with the Century of Care Alliance. Okay.
0: And that is uh,
1: formerly Lutheran Social Services. So yeah. that's a name that most people are, are familiar with. They may not be as familiar with a Century of Care. Yeah. And the, the name change was really... Just to allow us to to try to get funding from sources that might be a little reluctant to uh, align themselves with a uh, a religious organization. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate you have to do that these days, but some companies have to walk that yeah. tightrope. Yeah, so it
0: works. So it it's working. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, good. Yeah. So before we go too much further, tell us a little bit about John. Sure, so you're. Family and where you are from, oh, and those types of things. Absolutely, well, I've, I've lived in Concord uh, probably about 30 years. I'm
1: married to a wonderful lady who works with the state. She works on veterans' issues, uh, and we have a phenomenal granddaughter that stayed the night at our house last night. So, <laughs> <laughs> if i <I'm a> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think she got to bed uh, a little after 11 o'clock. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we we uh, we attend West Congregational Church i got to give a shout-out to the music this morning. That was just fantastic. We're, uh, I, yeah, great great way to wake up. I, uh, you know, being uh, being involved at, at West Congregational Church, we're still working on music in the 19th century. So, you know, if you, you know a different to some today. of you, if you've been in those churches, you know what I'm talking
0: about. So it's a little different today. A little different, but very nice. It's all good. Very nice. Yeah. It's all good.
1: Uh, and I had the opportunity to meet, uh, uh, I guess we'd call them your leadership team, your spir- spiritual leadership team at Boloco. They were very, very committed burrito eaters. <laughs> I mean, nothing, nothing kept them away from their Friday burritos. That's true. That's true. They were. It was always a pleasure to have, have them in the store. Uh, usually they'd, have, they'd commandeer an entire section in the corner of the restaurant, and it was always a good time to see them there. So. Yeah, we loved it. Thanks and, for having
0: me over. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming. It's an mm-hmm. honor to have you here. Uh, so give us a little bit more, tell us a little bit more about Accenture. Kind of what is their vision and their mission? Uh, yes. And, then, uh, and then what do you do?
1: Well, Lutheran Social Services, now Accenture Care Alliance, has different organizations from therapeutic uh, home care to disability services. Uh, so there's a wide range of services that are provided through the organization. I, I work in the services for New Americans Group. So when Sherry was over at Morningstar, those are the children of uh, the parents that I'm trying to find work for. Uh, so I, I, I develop vocational programs to to get people ready for the workforce, and then the, the individuals that are ready to work, I, uh, I work with client companies throughout central New Hampshire and trying to find employment for them, uh, which is something that's been in my background for for many many years, and you know, you alluded to uh, a diverse workforce at Boloco, and that was one of the things I was very proud of. We had Bhutanese refugees uh, that that were uh, working at Boloco, and uh, we did. We created a great team, a great team atmosphere, and they have a very strong sense of community. So they they come to their job with uh, you know a sense of pride and a sense of ownership that mm-hmm. is a little. Challenging to try to find out there in mainstream society today, so we we were blessed uh, to have a great team there and uh you know the numbers showed it, and the uh you know the accolades from from regular customers like you were always appreciated yeah good so you know I, I try to find work for people and, and and that's not always easy when when they don't speak the language when they haven't had access to education uh, when they don't understand. American culture if you can put yourself in their shoes for just a minute these folks are coming over to America through no fault of their own they've been displaced from their homes by civil war religious persecution political persecution just about all of all of the ugly things you read about in the newspaper that's that's what's happening to these people and they're they're ripped from their homeland which is you know if somebody wants to dig a lot deeper into the problems than, than I can in my current position. The fact that we take these people from their homeland and put them in a camp where they, they can actually be in a resettlement camp for years. I've, I've spoken with people that have been in resettlement camps for nine years. Wow. During that period of time, unfortunately, in many of the camps they don't have access to education. And the decision on where they come isn't made until very, very late in the process, which is, again, a uh, you know part of the system that's broken so through the united nations and in our case the us state department there's 26 countries around the world that have agreed to accept refugees the united states being one of those so every state in the country gets their share of refugees and again i don't want to i don't want to delve on what's broken but to have somebody sitting in a refugee camp for 9 years and then they say okay you're coming to america it's nine years that they could have learned English. Nine years that they could have been in school. So, I won't I won't delve on that. But that's the current state of affairs. So we get people, literally, uh, uh, I I've picked them up at the airport, which is kind of a, you know, when you work for a nonprofit organization, you have to wear a lot of hats because, you know, nobody's getting paid enough, and there aren't enough people to do all the work that has to be done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I get an amen from anybody? <laughs> that, yeah. All right. So. Yeah. You know, uh, in many cases, we pick these families up from the airport, and it's the clothes on their back and perhaps a bag, perhaps a bag. So we, we have a, you know a person on our staff that is searching for affordable housing throughout the Concord area. Uh, and we also have resettled in Nashua and to a lesser degree, up in Laconia. So we find them affordable housing. We accept donations. Uh, we have a donation room, so we, we we have volunteers that come in and do apartment setups. What does that mean? That means we have to bring in the beds, you know whatever we have for chairs, a kitchen table, toiletries etc we 're setting up their house. They have nothing. Uh, we have caseworkers that take these folks to social security dhHs to to start the process of getting them enrolled in some form. Of assistance I you know I, I firmly believe there's still great opportunity out here in America uh, for people that want to work hard and and uh, I see it every day with the with the uh, people that I serve people uh, you know I remember taking one lady uh, to an interview at Walmart she was hired and she said, "Now what about my second job what, you know what about my next job she hadn't even started her first one." I said well let's, let's just get you started yeah. you know, you'll, you'll be working 40 hours a week let's get you in the rhythm no she, went, she needed a second job wow. and she needed it because she had a brother back in, in the resettlement camp who still had a bullet in his leg from a, from a soldier and she had another brother who had all of his teeth knocked out from the butt of a rifle so the first job was to keep the roof over her head the second job was to get money back to Africa to help take care of her family back there that's awesome. So, you know, there, there aren't a lot of good stories coming out of there, the situations that brought them out here, but they they still arrive here knowing that this country is the best possible opportunity they have moving forward to have a, a shot at a decent life. And, you know, it's through the generosity of the United States taxpayers um, and and, you know,
0: our way of life that allows that to happen. So what are some of the... The obstacles to finding work for some of these folks?
1: Well, you know, the big one, really uh, a huge one, is is language. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, they come over, and uh, many of them do not speak the language. Uh, fortunately, we have employers in the area, and I'll call one out, Van Berkham Nurseries in Deerfield. They've just been a tremendous supporters of the refugee community. So if you're looking to buy plants, try Van Berkham. They're dynamite people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pleasant View Gardens, DS Cole—they've all been great, great uh, supporters of the refugee community. Because some jobs you just don't need to talk. Mm-hmm. Some jobs, if if you can be shown the basics of what is needed, that's enough, and then and then they can supervise from there. Um, you know, after that language barrier, a big tra- uh, a big challenge we have here in Concord is transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, as as you folks saw in this video and, and Sherry could tell you, you know, Morning Star is right over here on L- Loudon Road. But most of the jobs in Concord are not on Loudon Road. And most of the jobs for entry-level individuals are not um, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. So the Concord bus line, although it is useful to a certain extent, does not solve all of the problems we have for transportation. So as you know, if you live in this area, most of the jobs are... In the outlying communities of Concord. So, transportation is a constant issue, just getting people up to uh, appointments at the hospital, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. So, transportation, affordable housing, the language barrier are really three of the, the big challenges
0: we yeah. have. Yeah. 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 Um, so, we're a large church, lots of people here, some small business owners. How can we participate? in the lives of these refugees, that we, we, we could help them yeah. and perhaps bring a little heaven into their lives? Uh, I'll
1: tell you, they, uh, they need it. And there's so many little things that you can do. You know, you don't have to be an employer. Uh, you could be somebody that has a little time in the afternoon and might want to give somebody driving lessons that has a you know learner's permit, but they still need a driver's license. They've been saving up for a car, but they don't know how to drive. Um, you have people that, uh, you know, they would love it if you'd pick them up when you go shopping once a week so they could go up and get their weekly shopping done. Uh, we have people that, um, you know, a, a little child care would be, would be such a gift to them because they, they might be working uh, two or three jobs, different shifts, and just not being able to, you know, to find the time for themselves. Um, so many small things that can be done. They need help with English. We have we have English teachers and uh, you know through through the grace of God through IHM on Loudoun Road which is the Immaculate Heart of Mary Church they are located directly across the street from Morningstar condominiums where a large majority of our population are they've opened up their classrooms to allow us to uh, to conduct ESL classes there so we yeah. we provide uh, uh, English as the second language classes for beginners and intermediates. We also uh, conduct cultural orientation classes to, uh, you know, again, try to put yourself in their shoes. They, Some of these folks have been subsistence farmers, so they, don't, they never had a bank. They don't know what a bank account is. They certainly don't know what a checking account versus a bank account is. When the mail comes to their home, they don't know what Liberty Utilities is. Uh, you know, what does that... That doesn't mean anything right. to them. Yeah. So these things, you know, you really have to put yourself in their shoes. They, they're, they're coming here in most cases not prepared to succeed, and it takes people uh, like the people that work with the century, like the people that are here in your church, like you know what you did with Vacation Bible School. That does so much for that community, and uh, you know that's just a great example of what this church can do to reach out to that community. Uh, there's some. You know, there's some phenomenal stories in, in the uh, community. Um, I was able to get employment for, for a lady who was a registered nurse in Zimbabwe. But the credentialing process, f- to take her credentials in Africa and try to match them up with what's required in the U.S. is not only costly, it's very time-consuming, and it, it's six months and going, and she's still nowhere near uh-huh. being able to be a nurse here. But I was able to get her a job up at um, Watts Webster Valve in Franklin, yeah. and she's succeeding to the point where they they already want her on the safety committee yeah. because they found out she's a nurse. Yeah. Of course, I told them she's a nurse. Right. <laughs> you know, kind of yeah. plant the seed there. So you know, and they absolutely love her. Another individual who uh, uh, very early in life, maybe two years old, he had an operation back in Africa, and they didn't do it right, and now he. He walks with a, a leg that barely works. They love him so much up there that they, they brought the occupational therapist in. They set up a special stool. They, uh, you know, they're going above and beyond because they like this guy so much, because his attitude is so great. He's, uh, and he's a former teacher back in the refugee camps. So, you know, there, there's some wonderful stories um, that I've been able to share in, but it's these people... And their willingness to, you know, what's that song? You know, dust yourself off, get back up again. Yeah. Well, I don't know too many people that have had to dust themselves off like these folks. They've really, really had a tough go of it. But so
0: for, if, if you are a small business owner and you, you're talking about entry-level jobs, but these are very educated, well-educated, brilliant people who are going to be taking these entry-level jobs and are are able to grow in them. You
1: know, I wish I could say they all were, but they're not. You know, some of them have not had access to education. But Uh what they lack in that, they will certainly make up for in in that wherewithal and that desire to be successful because, you know, it's all on the line for them. Uh, Not to drill down too much into the process of it all, but they're funded for 180 days, Uh six months. So if you could picture yourself getting dropped in the Congo, let's say, tomorrow... You're going to the Congo, and all you have are the clothes on your back. You're going to be financed for six months, but during that time you need to secure housing, learn the language, find a job, and get going because the money is out in, in about six months. That's a pretty tall order, I think, for anybody, mm-hmm. much less somebody who's coming from a from a. a Maybe a not as civilized part of the world right. where they 've had access to education it 's a pretty tall order yeah. for them to come over here and, in six months uh, assimilate with us yeah wow, so yeah, for those small business owners, those employers out there or people that work for companies that are are looking for people uh, you know i I'm proud of the work I do, but i'm I'm more proud of the effort that these refugees put in to try to ramp up and get themselves employable and and do those things um, that they need to do to be attractive to an employer. And we have caseworkers, and we can support them after the fact. Uh, As a matter of fact, we have a young man who works at the Fairfield Inn struggling a little bit with communication. Our caseworker will go in there next week and work with the supervisor and our employee or our client and make sure that he's understanding everything that's expected of him so that he can be successful there.
0: So really it's like a three-way partnership with the employer. It is. We don't the just employee. drop them
1: off. We, we support yeah. them after, and that's probably the best, yeah. you know, the best service we can provide yeah. is that we don't go away. Yeah. We get people work who have been here for years after
0: the money ran, yeah. runs out. Yeah. So for all of us um, living in America, it's it's hard to put ourselves in that frame of mind to think, what would it be like, first of all, to be sent to a camp for a year, two years, nine years, and then to be moved to a totally different part of the world where we're complete aliens.
1: And you don't always get a
0: choice where you're going. The lucky ones come here. Yeah. And so, if nothing else, on the individual level here today, we can be friends to the refugees.
1: Yeah, you can be friends. "Jambo" is uh, a greeting for most of our African clients. It's, it's kind of like, how are you? And uh, mazuri is, you know, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Doing all right. So, so your And that's language. about all I know, but I, I've been able to place... I've, you know, it doesn't do me any good to, uh, to focus on uh, learning the many different languages that are coming in. The best thing I can do is try to find them work. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I've been able to find... Uh, well over 100 of them work in the, in the past year. And, you know, that runs the gamut, first, second, third shift from big companies to, you know, very small operations. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, they can do the work and, and they are responsible people. Yeah. And like I said before, through no, no fault of their own, they find themselves in this situation. And, and you know, it's really the the best of what America... Has when you see people helping uh, the refugee community, you're you're really helping uh, some of the most vulnerable and some of the most, um, I think, worthy of our our time. Uh, these folks, in Th- the those population. of us who,
0: if, if we're not Native Americans, at some point in our history, there were some folks who came over here.
1: That's right. We've we've heard the stories. You know, it yeah. wasn't easy for the first first ones coming over and and that's certainly not the case for them. They don't they don't have the benefit of perhaps having family members or any kind of a network mm-hmm. here, you know. So they uh but they're you know they're they're beautiful people, they're God fearing people and they're really just looking for an opportunity. Amen.
0: Well yeah. thank you for serving at Accentria and for helping these guys out. Well
1: thanks for having me. I hope uh you know Anybody can contact Essentria, Courtney Perrin, uh, and I'll leave this information with, with with the church, but Courtney is our volunteer coordinator. And we have volunteers that come in one afternoon a week, two afternoons a week. We have people that just organize blanket drives and, and, you know, donations. So there's something you can do. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, a huge time commitment, but many hands make light work and we could certainly use your help. Amen.
0: All right. Will you hang around after the service if people Absolutely. want to get, connect with you and talk yeah. with you on that? Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. So I have something for you. You may have seen some shirts like this around town. It says, I heart New Hampshire, Grace Capital Church. Nice. It's for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. All right. So, don't go away. Pastor Kevin started a little tradition with the uh, previous guys that were here. Okay. I've taken a selfie with them.
1: Oh, okay. Should I get this, should I get this shirt
0: on somehow? Uh, sure. <laughs> so, we're going to take a quick selfie. I think this is my first experience with a selfie stick. Could be my last. All right, so it's going to count down. Oh, wait a minute, where are we? There we are. You're all in this picture too. Yeah, you're you're in it. So here we go. All right. All right. It's going to count down for ten seconds. There we go. Everybody smile. Smile back there. (laughs) All right. We got it. Thank you great. so much, John. Great. Thank you. And John, will, he'll hang around a little bit after the service. If you want to connect with him, please do that. Um, he is doing a great job. The, uh, the organization, the century is doing a great job, too. Well, you know, when we talk about refugees, we're really talking about the story of the gospel. Because we were all refugees, right? Amen. The Bible tells us that... We're here as pilgrims for a short time, like a vapor, and then our time ends. But just like with these refugees, they need someone to come and to help them out and to save them. So do we. So do we. I know personally, I was in a, in a place where I needed a savior. I needed someone to come and rescue me because I was alienated from God, He was far from me. It was my choice. But he was far from me, alienated. And I needed someone to rescue me. And that's what Jesus did. You know, just like, uh, you know, the story of the Bible, of the Old Testament with, with Moses and uh, the, the Hebrews who went into slavery in Egypt for 400 years and, and then God raised up Moses to lead them out of Egypt and lead them to the land of milk and honey, lead them to the promised land. That was God's plan to raise up Moses. And for us, God's plan to raise up Jesus from the grave, to raise him up to be our savior, to lead us to the land of milk and honey, to show us the way, to come alongside us, to guide us and direct us. So we're all aliens. We're all here for a short time. And this is the time where we can come to our savior. We can know our savior we can open up to our Savior and let him be our refuge. Let him be our rock. Let him be the one who we go to for Savior and refuge and be refugees no more. Because, you know, when we get to heaven, there are no refugees. That's our home. That's what we're created for. We're created for heaven. We're here for a short while, but we're created for heaven. And so as as John as we were preparing for John to come and I knew we'd be talking about refugees i was thinking of this verse in the book of revelation and it reminded me of of what heaven will be like but it also reminded me of vacation bible school and the opportunities that we have to bring refugees into our lives and to be a part of our lives so it's revelation 7 Starting with verse 9. It says, After these things I looked, and behold a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worship God, saying, amen, blessing, and glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. There are no aliens in heaven. We'll all be there. We'll all be worshiping, singing to our Lord, praising our Lord together. It doesn't matter if we're from Bhutan or Rwanda or the Congo Or Pembroke. We'll be there together. And even now, as we have a chance to serve those, as Pastor Sherry got to see at Vacation Bible School, a little glimpse of heaven as the nations were together worshiping and praising and singing. So the challenge for us all is to go to these folks. Go to the refugee. Go to the alien. Reach out to them. Be a friend to them. As the mayor spoke about last week, participate in their lives. Be a part of their lives. That's our challenge. And then the second part of our challenge is salvation. Going to that one who is our refuge and our strength, our savior, as we are refugees and aliens on this earth. So I want to challenge you if if you've never had a time where you've wanted to, to come to the Lord and, and be saved and, and have him to, to be your savior, be your refuge and be your rock, today can be that day. There will be folks down here in the front after we finish who you can talk to and pray with and they can help you and guide you and give you some next steps. So we'll have some people down front for that. But as we finish up, I think Pastor Richie's coming. He's going to strum a little bit for us. Yay! I just want to uh, take a moment, if we could, to pray for John and for Ascentria and the work that they do, and to pray for you as you go out to be a part of what God's doing in your community, in your area, in your town, in your city. So let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the work that's being done by this uh, this group, Lord, the Asentria. Those who are reaching out, Lord? We know that you love the alien. You love the refugee, Father. Your word is, is full of stories of of you loving the refugees and the aliens. And Lord, we know that that's what we are—refugees, aliens—in this place. So, Father, I pray for John. I pray for his uh, his organization, his team. Lord, the work that they would do. And Father, we pray for those in our community who. Our refugees who came here, Lord, maybe not even of their own desire, or their own heart, but they're here. And Lord, your church is here. And you told us through your word to take care of them, to watch over them, to protect them, to guide them. So Lord, I pray for that community, the refugee community. And Lord, I pray... For those of us here who, Lord, we know that that we're all aliens, we're all refugees, we're all just pilgrims here on this earth, Lord, that we would know where our eternity lies. And we know, Lord, that we were made for our home in heaven, Lord, where there are no aliens. And Lord, we look forward to the day that we can all sing around your throne, together, all the nations, every nation Every tribe, every time. Lord, we thank you for for bringing us here today so that we can learn more. Lord, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you for the good news that we no longer need to be refugees, aliens here on earth, Father. We can come home to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. God bless you. John will be down front here if you want to uh, catch up with him, get some information. um, Just hear some great stories. He'll be here. Have a great day, and you're dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.